Welcome, everyone. I'm so excited to tell you about this podcast. It's called The DK Project, but it's really The Darren Show. The DK Project is a radio show, but without the radio. So sit back, buckle up, and enjoy the ride. Let's go! Welcome back, podcast listeners, to the latest episode of The DK Project, part two of Shark Week at The DK Project. Today we have Joe Alves. He was the man behind the shark, the set designer for the movie. Great episode, a lot of interesting stuff, uh, and this wraps up our Shark Week. So enjoy episode 97.1. Also, check us out on YouTube. There's actual footage uh, from the Zoom call where Joe has a lot of pictures from a book he's written. So make sure you check that out at the DK Project Podcast on YouTube. Enjoy the episode. Joe Elves. Everyone, welcome back to the DK Project. With us today, zooming in, is Joe Alves, legendary set director. Is that what you'd call yourself, set director? Art set director? Designer. Or, well, production designer. Production designer. How are you doing today, yeah. sir? Yeah. How am I doing? Well, I'm doing uh, fine. Uh, staying out of uh, crowds. Staying away Where from the pandemic. Where are you located? I'm in Minneapolis. Okay. Well, lost, well, yeah, nobody's doing well, actually. Did they just uh, shut you guys back scared. down again? Pardon? Did they just shut you back down again? Are they supposed to do that? Uh, yeah. Uh, that's what the people are fighting it. But uh, we've had so many cases. People go crazy. Yeah. Uh, they open the beaches and they, they don't wear a mask and they just, the kids. Basically, it's the young people who say that, that I can't get it. Then they get it and then they go home and... Uh, that's it. It's not yeah. cool. They need to make it mandatory to wear masks if you're outside. It's just kind of the way it's going to have to be. Yeah, if you're in a crowd. Yeah, well, when we go hiking, we're up in the hills. Yeah. Uh, L.A. is a big place, and we're far away from downtown. And we're up in Mulholland Drive. It's a dirt road, and we hike up there. So that's cool. Nobody, you know, we don't get close to anybody. Well, that's good. That's good. Anyway, so, yeah. What uh, what do we got going on? You've got a, a uh, you were the guy, the designer for Jaws. Is that right? Production designer, right? So you did uh, everything. I I I got to hear the story. I know there was some trouble with the shark, mm. and uh, <laughs> we're coming up on the forty fifth anniversary, and uh, there's got to be stuff going on. What uh, what do you know? What uh, what can you tell me? All right. Well, I guess I better start at the beginning. Yeah. Um, basically, uh, I had done a movie with Stephen called Sugarland Express. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zanuck and Brown were the producers. It was Stephen's first uh, theatrical film. And I had been a, a staff art director for some time there. Uh, I did uh, all, all the night galleries, Rod Serling's night galleries, and uh, a lot of television stuff. And then uh, started doing movies. Um, so I was doing a television movie uh, and I get a call from David Brown uh, and David said, uh, my wife, Helen Gurley Brown, who was the uh, editor of Cosmopolitan magazine at the time. All right. She said, I just read this uh, galley sheet from a new writer, Peter Benchley, who wrote this thing called Jaws. And she says, I think it might make a pretty good movie. So David said, now, they didn't have a charge number. They had no deal with the studio, but he was calling me as a friend, and I got to know him pretty well in Sugarland. 
And he said, in your sort of spare time, could you read the galley sheets and do concept sketches based on the book of uh, all the shark activities? Stuff like this. Yeah. Okay. Is that in your book? So this is in my book. All right. All, all, all of it. So I did about 30 charcoal uh, 11 by 16 illustrations. Uh, Stephen wasn't on, assigned to the movie yet. They were talking some, to some director uh, who kept referring to it as a whale. In any case, <laughs> I would go over to Stephen. We were friends, and he had a cabana there. And I said, uh, you know, this would be an exciting movie. He was thinking about uh, doing a pirate film or something like that. But anyway, he hadn't been approached by Zanuck and Brown. But he said, if we did it, we should do a full-size shark in the real ocean, not, not one of these backlot things in a pond with a phony back. Make I it said, real. Yeah. Like, I like that. So what happened, I kept talking to Stephen, and uh, I, you know, I showed him the illustrations as I went along, and we were friends. Uh, so what happened was um, the uh, they they decided when I got all my drawings done to have a meeting with all the department heads. You got to remember now this is the seventies, sixties, fifties. They're all department heads. They're major studios, Warner Brothers, Fox, whatever. And so, as you started, whether you were a junior or a set designer, art director, editor, you worked in that department, and the head of the department would assign you work. That's oh, much I got you. Okay. The way it was done then. Uh, and um, so they wanted to have a meeting in Marshall Green's office. And Marshall was the head of production. Uh, so he had an office in the Black Tower at the top. So, uh, and I have a date. It's actually in this book because I kept the little notes. The lady that took messages said, Marshall's meeting, it, you know, uh, October 3rd. 1973. So that's when it started. If anybody wants to be specific, it's in the book. The first, <laughs> let's say, concept of the movie being made. And, and this is important because I'll tell you why, uh, shark-wise. So uh, I, I got there and uh, there were all the department heads and Stephen had been uh, assigned to the movie at this time. And Marshall was interesting because he lived on a boat. So he found this project sort of interesting. Sure. You know? Very close to and, home. And so where a lot of the people say, oh, it's just a little shark movie. Who cares about it? You know? Yeah. So, Darren, what happened was I went through my whole illustrations and the shark does this, the shark does that. And then I said, uh, and what we want to do, uh, Stephen and I have talked about making a full size shark and shooting it in the real ocean. <laughs> and uh, we hadn't decided on the size of the shark yet. Uh, that hadn't been determined yet. So Marshall said, okay. So then he referred to the effects department and said, can you make the shark? And uh, Punky was the guy's name there. Arnold Ernest and Punky were the two effects guys. I'll never forget that. Punky said, no, no, we can't make that shark. It's ridiculous. No one's ever made a a full-size shark in the real ocean. Uh, if, if we did, it could take a year, year and a half. Now, this is very important because uh, this is October 73. 
And then he said, besides, we've got more important movies like the Hindenburg. And uh, so Marshall got a little upset because of the attitude and said, uh, Jaws could be a bigger movie than the Hindenburg. And everybody laughed because Hindenburg, George C. Scott. Yeah, right. Movie, right. Who, who's going to watch this little shark movie? Little shark. Yeah, little shark movie. Yeah. We'll show them. So, uh, so basically, this is interesting because I was an art director. Art director of production design is exactly the same thing. As you got into prestigious movies, they would give you the credit as production designer. Oh. Uh, uh, television, smaller movies, they was art director. But it's, it's basically the same job. So uh, as an art director, production designer, you could oversee visual things with the effects department, but pretty much they run the construction of it. So I was packing up my stuff and everybody had left and Marshall called me back and said, um, Joe, can you get the shark made? And uh, I said, uh, in my sort of ambitious, younger self, I said, I, well, Marshall, yeah, I, I think I can. I'll, I'll certainly try it, you know. Wow. So he said, take it off the lot because everything was done on the lot. Right. He said, find some people and do it away from the studio. Like, okay, so you have total autonomy to go find it and build it and don't deal with anybody, department heads or anything. So where do you even start? Like, where, what, I mean, did they give you any specs? No. So what happens, I first, I went to Disney because they made a lot of animatronic things. And yeah. they said, we could make it. It would take a while, maybe a year or so, uh, but we wouldn't take it to the ocean. I said, oh, well, then that doesn't do us any good. But anyway, I had some conversation with these people. And I talked to Joe Lombardi, who was an effects guy on the, uh, the Godfather movies, really, really high up there guy. And Joe said, very interesting project, Joe. He says, uh, it'd take a year, year and a half to make this thing. It's never been done. Uh, but he says, I'm, I'm, I'm occupied. I can't do it. So I, I kept feeling around and I, I found an illustrator that Jim Casey and he says there's a guy called uh, Bob Maddie who used to work at Disney's who did the giant squid in 20,000 leagues under the sea why don't you t talk to him yeah so I, um, I I talked to Bob and he uh, he was an interesting guy Bob could do anything uh, he said give me a couple days and, and I'll come back. So a couple of days, he came back with, with this. It's a, it's a wire, if you could see that. Yeah, yeah. Wire sculpture there, and, and you pull the lever and the mouth opens, you close it. So he says, that's the basic animation of it. We sure. would use more complicated, you know, valves and rams and stuff like that. So I said, okay, okay, good. We'll get a team. He said, well, we need somebody who really is uh, familiar with the new latexes, little fabrics, because we got to get foam that doesn't uh, absorb tight, right? Uh, plastics that don't crack, you know, like if you're going to make the skin. Yeah, yeah. So there's a guy, Roy Albergas. He was making breakaway bottles and uh, the uh, effects oh, for like the cowboy movies. <laughs> yeah, you know, breakaway bottles when you do uh, <laughs> sure. fights and stuff. So we put him on the team and Richie Helmer, the Wood Brothers. I got six people, basically. 
So I called him the Magnificent Seven with Bob. And that's, that's how we started. Seven guys. We found a warehouse, Raleigh Harper, there, a catering place. They had a big warehouse. And that's where we started to do the shark. Now, so did you go off of that concept then? Is that, is that the basic skeletal structure of the shark? What you just no, showed no, me? No, not at all. Uh, it, it got really complicated. I mean, I have more pictures here, but uh, th- that was just the idea that it would open and close. Yeah. I mean, it, it got, it got very technical. I mean, we, we, we you know, it, it got really illustrated. So, uh, stuff. so how long did it take to build this thing? Okay, so, so there, there is the problem. So uh, basically, let me show you. Here's some what it looks like, if you can see that. Oh, sure. Yeah. Anyway, so um, the first thing I had to do is I got, uh, I, I, made a, I made a model. I made a four-foot model out of clay. And then I had to go find some research and i found this guy leonard campagno up in uh, stein art uh, oceanographical studies in san francisco and uh, we hired leonard uh to to work with me and he came down and we detailed detailed that shark so it was like exactly right yeah. cocardum carcarias was the correct name for it so that's one thing that we knew it was going to be right on there's you know no elaboration. It was just going to be okay. So the next thing was going to be how big. Yeah. So he said the perfect shark is 12 feet. After they get bigger, they get fatter. Right. So up to Stephen, and we decided we would do perfect shark twice the size as a perfect shark. <laughs> Here's how we did it. So the studio, we started getting the studio interested. So I had uh, a set designer uh, in the art department uh, draw just a line drawing of a 20-foot shark and a 30-foot shark. <laughs> we took it down. How big was the, the boat? Quad. Pardon? How big was the boat? I mean, well, anyway, the boat was 45 feet. But anyway, <laughs> so we had two sharks, and we invited the studio executives down, and they saw. Because we wanted to say, now we're making a big shark. And so they wanted to have some input now. So they looked at the 20-foot, and they said, oh, that doesn't look that formidable. And then, oh, the 30-foot looks too big. I said, how about 25 feet? Exactly what we had planned. Done. So Stephen and I got what we wanted. Wow. Okay, I'll just go over this real quick. So by the time, before I start talking about scouting, so now we're like into November, Uh, of 73 and we're putting a team together and we finally got uh, the size and I showed you a picture here of the guys now making a clay model that's 25 feet okay and then that's we're going to make a mold yeah and that's going to give us what it looks like okay so that would be mid-November when we started doing that stuff. The book came out in February of 74. The studio said, we got to start shooting in two months. <laughs> well, how, wait a minute, how far, you started in October of, 70, of 73? November, December, making the shark. Oh my god! So gosh. we're into it like 
a month, two months. Wow. And they say, we have to start shooting in a couple months. And I'm saying, well, wait a minute, where's the year and a half? Yeah. You know, or at least a year. No, we, they were concerned that the book was so successful. They wanted to get the movie released as soon as possible. Stephen talked them into another month. So it was, it was May and it was extremely cold in Martha's Vineyard in May on the water. And so the shark wasn't ready. It wasn't even close. We got, <laughs> we got it to move and we shipped it from L.A. to Martha's Vineyard. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So the the, the shark is, uh, like, is it a vessel? Like a, like you drive it, or, or how, how does it propel through the water? The shark has these dive planes, and uh, I might be able to show you Was there somebody uh, in the shark? It has, it, it's on a, a sled kind of thing. Okay. And there's, there's three sharks. Okay, they're... Uh, two sharks that are on a sled and they have dive planes. So, and it's controlled 300 feet away and uh, with pneumatics. Wow. So you could change it and dive it and bring it up. And the shark could t move its head, open its mouth and do that. So we had a left to right and a right to left so that the side that you weren't shooting, you know, yeah. uh, we could get to, you, you know, get, right. get to all the mechanics in case something went wrong and and things went wrong because salt water does not like electronics electronics <laughs> does not like salt water right right okay then there is the uh, platform shark it's a, a shark on a big platform with a a track and a big arm that raises so we could go and sink this next to the boat if we wanted to crash on the boat so right. that one we could really control. You know, it comes up, it twists, you know, and it could eat like quit. All right. So there we are. Uh, it's now May, and Stephen is shooting everything without a shark. Okay. Okay, so they're getting everything done that they can that doesn't have a shark. All, all the walk and talk. Right, right, right. Because you, know, you, you family, thought you were going to have over a year. The, the father and stuff. Anyway, um, so um, we, uh, what we would do was I would go to Bob and i say, you know, what's working? What do you think is going to work? He says, well, maybe the left to right shark. And then I'd go to Stephen. In the meantime, I had done oh, about 200 of these storyboards. Okay. And they illustrate what we're going to do. Yeah. I, I talked with Stephen while we're doing the other stuff. And the shark lands at the boat, the shark is quint, uh, you know, various things. So he would say, maybe the left or right shark. So I'd go and say, okay, that's uh, 182, 83. Stephen would look at the uh, sketches. Okay, that we're going to shoot the shark going left to right by the boat. If it works, we shoot it. If it doesn't, it's a test because we really didn't have time to test it. Right. And, and basically, uh, after we had shot everything, we'd walk and talk. Uh, th then we started shooting the shark. 
Now, I have to explain something because I have a lot of critics that say we use the barrels because the shark wasn't working. And that's absolutely absurd. Oh. Because we use the barrels. The barrels are always done with, you know, after you shoot, uh, you know, the thing goes into the shark with the line and then it's connected to a barrel, the harpoon. We use the barrels. I painted them yellow because they're normally black. Like a Hitchcock thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. The barrel comes up and you say, there it is. There it is. He can't go down with two barrels and he goes down. And then he shows up. So you have always shots. I'll just say here's like a shot here with the three barrels yeah. and then the boat. And you say, you don't have to show the shark because the barrels represent the shark. Yeah, so right. a lot of critics will say that we use that because of that, but that was definitely not the case. <laughs> uh, we used the barrels to more Hitchcock. And Stephen, we, every storyboard that I have with the shark, we got. So, so we eventually, it just took us long. Well, you so know. how long was it? Like how much time... You know, because obviously you wanted a, a year or something, and what it was so from when you actually had to have the shark in the water from when you started, how much what is that four months? We probably five, six months. Uh, we got it working, but we really had a, a couple of problems. The, the salt water just kept killing it, yeah. Uh, salt water is not uh, good. Then there, there was uh, so, so that took a lot of time. And another thing I have to mention is um, there was nobody on, there was so few people on this picture. When, uh, once we established that the shark was going to be made, we had to find uh, locations. So I went off by myself and I met Peter Benchley and I said, where did you shoot this? You know, cause he's an East coast guy. He's from uh, Nantucket. And uh, he, he showed me various places, Sag Harbor, along the coast there. But uh, in any case, uh, he never mentioned, uh, he said, go find some places. And then he said, and then go see my parents who live in Nantucket. So after I went, and I had a map, I had two things. I needed to find a village, quaint village, and I needed a, an ocean view, bay, and I needed it 25 feet because that's the, the, the platform shark that we sink. We needed 25 feet and we needed very small tide or, wow. you know, you expose it. And, right. And in uh, California, the tides are like 12 feet. Right, right. Anyway, so I'm looking for not only the, the village, uh, Edgartown turned out to be, uh, I'm looking for a bay with 25 foot depth. A small tide. Anyway, I started. To, I went all the way up a time. And, and, and Darren, I'm I'm scouting beaches with snow on them. Right? <laughs> it's December. December seventeenth is when I landed on Martha's Vineyard. That's recorded. Wow. I uh, have all these dates because I have experts that researched it. You know. Oh yeah. And, you know what I mean? People are huge I say, into oh, this whole I, I, I uh, shark deal. 
Martha's Vineyard and um, O.J. Simpson was running for 200 yards to win, get the, the most ever, blah, blah, blah. And somebody says, oh, yeah, that was December 17th, you know. Right, but, right. You know. They'll Today let you, you know. Google everything, right? For sure. So anyway, I, I, went, I started to go to Nantucket, and the, the ocean was so rough, they turned around and said, We're not, we can't make it all the way. So, so then there was a, a boat to Martha's Vineyard. Now, I asked uh, Peter about Mar Martha's Vineyard. He said, no, there's nothing there. But he had never been there because he lived on one island. You don't go to another island. Oh, so right, right. He, he just, nah, I don't think there's anything there. So anyway, when I got to Martha's Vineyard and I saw Edgartown and Menemsha for the village, and then I saw this bay and it was 25 feet depth and two foot tide. Nice. This is what we need. Yeah. So, but it was not easy because uh, Dick Zanuck was very concerned about the Chappaquiddick thing with Ted Kennedy. There was a big uproar about that. The fact that the island is home to very wealthy people, you know, their summer home. That's true. So, so, uh, but we sort of combated that because Stephen ended up uh, putting the various selectmen into the movie. So they were, oh, this is cool. Yeah, now and we're I, interested all of a sudden. Sure. And I took a carpenter and a painter and I used all the local boat builders to build me a boat, to build me a shack. To build. So that worked out well. Here comes the problem. Uh-oh. Stephen was very determined, very, sorry, a young guy, steadfast to how he was going to do something. Okay. Sure. And he wanted those guys totally isolated. In other words, they were out there, and it was, if you really watch the movie, you, it's really a story about three guys with their own personality, their own problems, and a big shark. <laughs> so he wanted to see no boats, nothing. They, he had the Shaw break the radio so they couldn't even communicate. And, and, uh, you know, the sheriff was very nervous. He didn't even want to be on the boat, you know. So, um, so what, what, what time of year was Pardon? it when they started filming? Pardon? What time of year was it when you started filming then? We started filming in, in May. So all the beach stuff was freezing cold for all the kids running in the beach and all that stuff. It was terrible. <laughs> so by the time we started shooting the shark, it was probably let's say late July. Uh, okay. But there still was, when I scouted, there was no boats out there. Well, June, July, the boats come from Hyannis and all, and they were just filling, you know, the horizon with boats. And Stephen didn't want that. So we had a lot, huge problems. We had little boat runners run out and say, could you move this way? Could you move, you know, oh, some people really? cooperated. Other people were just, no. No. Uh, uh, I, I can go wherever I want. This is my boat. So <laughs> Stephen, Stephen was steadfast and not shooting, and the studio was getting upset because he wasn't getting shots, and he didn't want to shoot where he could see boats. So uh, that sort of, that with the shark having his problems extended uh, our, our shooting time by double. <laughs> 
And because yeah, it went on a lot longer than it was supposed to, didn't it? Oh yeah, we had tw- twice the schedule, over twice the budget. Wow! When we came back to shoot some, you know, shots uh, in a tank and stuff, uh, we were not uh, received very well. <laughs> uh, we made this dumb shark movie, and uh, it was over budget, over schedule. What did the uh, what did the locals uh, think of it? Were they just pissed that you guys were there? Actually, not because they were making money. I mean, I hired so many of them. Yeah, there were certain people. Uh, I talked to Walter Cronkite uh, one time. I, I met him. Uh, what a show I was doing, and he was a really nice guy. And he said he used to sneak out and watch us shoot. Nice. I mean, you don't get any bigger than Walter Cronkite. No, you know. Wow, that's and, huge. Yeah. And, and so I guess maybe some people are irritated, but by and large, we didn't interfere, you know, with the general public. Yeah. The, uh, the hotels were, they were sort of happy because we started using them before their su- summer, you know, the big push. And then we extended it after, but yeah, we had to search for places to live in the, in the mid uh, summer. Right, uh, right. But actually, uh, they end up now. It's a place to go. That's where they shot Jaws. You know, it's we've, well. They're we've still done doing stuff about Jaws. Anniversary there. Whatever. Are you? Are you? Uh, are you doing stuff with the forty fifth anniversary then? Oh well, what happened was uh, the the studio called me. Very nice, and they're releasing a new DVD, 4K DVD. So they've asked me to help promote it. So I did a number of podcasts, you know, uh, one with Kevin Smith, the one an hour and a half, and he's a real Jaws, you know, made a lot of movies, but there are a lot of, a lot of filmmakers. Here's an interesting thing, Darren. My book was written by Dennis Prince. Dennis was a big Jaws fan when he was a kid. He's 55 years old. Uh, Greg Nicotero, who does The Walking Dead, he he wrote the foreword to the book. He, he was a huge Jaws fan. Uh, he made uh, a shark head. Uh, we had an exhibit a couple years ago at, at the museum in Catalina Island, and he did the two character, three characters, full size with hair on their arms. So uh, we had these various people that are now very successful directors and stuff. But when they, in the 70s, they were like 10 years old. Right. So Jaws 1, 2, and 3, even 3, which I directed, uh, they were 13, so they could go to the show by themselves. And So they were big Jaws fans. And uh, That was huge at that point. That was like the cutting edge of technology, as it were, and now it's, yeah, you know basic well, stuff well here's the thing Darren. for an example the technology works and it doesn't work had we had the technology today we could have knocked off all those boats you know yeah well and you could have had a fake shark well yeah but that's been done and that didn't that doesn't work sometimes it was very slick some of the new sharks but they they use green screen so you don't have that relationship Right, right. Uh, like when the shark eats Quint, he's in the shark's mouth. 
That's true. That would be tough to do with. And when he busts into the cabin, he's right there and he throws the uh, air tank into his mouth. Yeah. So, yeah, you could do it in CGI. But for some reason, there have been a lot of CGI movies with sharks and stuff. And what they tend to do is they tend to do too much. They have a hundred sharks or they have a, you know, huge monster shark. And what we did was keep it to one, uh, a realistic surface. I mean, 25 feet is probably five feet bigger than the biggest uh, white shark that they've ever caught. (laughs) But it's not 25 feet bigger or, you know, so it's realistic. And, And I think, when you look at Jaws, uh, it seems to, it, well, it still exists. I mean, people still love that that movie. Yeah. It's been well, it's still so- a big hit. It's on just about all the time. I actually, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm going to be looking for it. I want to take a peek at it again. I haven't seen it in a long time. So I thought I would take a, take a look and see uh, if I could find it. I don't know if it's a Netflix thing or what, but... Uh, I think it'd be interesting to check it out now that I know the behind the scenes with the big shark. Well, you know, I had a thing um, a couple of years ago when the uh, Catalina Island did a shark in their museum, shark uh, uh, kind of tribute with using my original storyboards and Greg's uh, characters. Uh, and they showed the movie on a big screen outside. And I, you know, I was introduced and I was going to leave. And then she said, oh, Joe's going to talk to you, uh, the audience after the movie. So my wife said, sit down and watch the movie again. But Darren, I hadn't seen the movie on the big screen for a long time. And now I'm watching it, not concerned about if the shark works, if that works, just watching it as an audience. Yeah. What did you think? Well, I thought what Steven did with the three characters was amazing. In other words, he developed personalities, Quint and Dreyfus, you know, and the old fisherman and the smart-ass ectheologist, and then Scheider's character, who didn't even want to be on a boat, you know? Right. So you have three different personas, and then the shark appears, and he didn't overuse the shark. You know, he he just kept it at a point of anyway. So do you think you uh, looked I, at it differently then than you than you had prior yeah, because you were just kind of the movie? I thought, my gosh, this is really a good movie. <laughs> well, you, you know, be, before when the shark worked, it made really weird sounds. Because of the valves and the rams, yeah, right, right. So when it uh, when Stephen said cut, the crew would laugh. Ah, that's funny, shark. Well, when we had our uh, that phone call go away is is nothing. Uh, When we had our screening. In, in Lakewood, uh, L.A. area, I was concerned. It was the second screen. I was concerned um, that the audience was going to laugh, you know, 
because of the, the but you didn't hear the noise at all. Well, what happened was then you got John Williams, two notes. But um, well, when the shark came and the and the music and everything, nobody laughed. They screamed, you know. <laughs> and that well, that scream gave the studio the concept that maybe this is going to be a successful movie. So maybe we don't open it in six or seven theaters. Maybe we open it in 450, which had never been done before, was the biggest release of the summer, and it started the big summer releases. Well, and the book was already a big hit, right? Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I think uh, that uh, people people at the time, you know, I mean, that was something nobody's ever done before uh, no. with, the, with uh, the whole <laughs> – uh, big shark and the, and the, you know, and there was part of that movie that like, it wasn't even so much that the shark was such a scary thing. It was what you couldn't see. Like the, like the mystique of this big thing might be in the water. I mean, that's a big that's why deal. The barrels worked. Yeah. Well, it's, it, it's an interesting, uh, so, so when you did the, the, the barrels are an interesting thing because when you did that, it appeared that there was something there, but you couldn't see what it was. Is that what it was? Yeah. That's just crazy. But let me tell you, everything is difficult shooting on the water. Everything is oh, difficult. I could only to imagine. Because then you're, you're kind of, the weather's, you know, could kick your ass well, too. Say, to do a barrel shot, you've got a barrel going along and then it gets pulled down, right? Yeah. And comes up. Well, you know what you need down here? is 2,000 pounds of cement block with a shiv and a line. And so that's just for one barrel. Now you got three barrels. So if you're going to set up to shoot tomorrow, well, you, you've got at least one day of going out to the ocean, knowing where we're going to shoot, what the shot's going to be, and sinking cement, you know. Old it's school. incredibly difficult. Oh, man. Would you do it differently if you had to do it all over again? Well, I don't know how. I mean, other than doing a lot of CGI. Yeah. I mean, everything is done so differently now, you know? Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I was talking to a, a group, uh, the Art Directors Guild. I got an award there, and I was saying, you know, I scouted 3,000 miles uh, on Close Encounters looking for Devil's Tower. And I said, today you'd Google it. You know, you just <laughs> go to all these strange mountains. Yeah, you know? right, right. And, but you miss all the, the scenery along the way. Yeah. And, uh, so movie making has changed. We're talking 50 years ago yeah. almost, right? And now the point is people still love this movie that's 45 years old. Isn't that so crazy? So technology has changed. The acting is still the same. The actors were incredible. Yeah. I mean, it was perfectly cast. Um, and... Um, I think Stephen, after watching that film, I thought it was one of Stephen's best movies, you know? I uh, I think that it uh, is kind of hold the test. It has 45 years. So what are, you, what are you doing now for the 45th anniversary? Are you, uh, you know, talking with some folks who are, uh, you know, they're going to do a re-release of something or something. And I was No, just... because, because of the, the virus, because, you know, uh, Basically, I'm doing podcasts. Yeah. And uh, so I, I keep busy because I do sculptures. I've got this website 
Joel's, uh, and, and I sell storyboards, copies of the originals. Oh, sure. Is that... It, um, it's uh, joelsmovieart.com. Okay, joelsmovieart.com. And, and so all those, those storyboards and illustrations, I've been selling them since... Well, for, for, let me just say this. For years, I did Jaws 1, 2, and 3. And then I just sort of forget about sharks. Didn't think much about it until about turn of this century. And we had like uh, a revival or not a revival, but, a, you know, uh, anniversary. And people that are familiar with my stuff said, oh, you should start selling those copies and stuff. And then I became aware that people huge. I used to do these shows. Uh, don't do them this year because it, but, you know, with Carl Gottlieb, the writer and actor yeah. with other uh people and you know these shows uh fan shows and they have sure, people like a comic-con kind of thing for shark fans well you no know, it's just for people that movie fans oh sure yeah movie but, fans and, and next to me would be people from star wars or you know something else and generally uh, carl and i would sit together and i have jaws things up there and we would sell them and we sometimes would give a little lecture and so we've been doing that for 20 years wow. uh, all over the country. Um, but uh, we're not doing it now because, uh, you know, uh, but, but so, so it was interesting after leaving it for so many years. And then suddenly this interest of, oh, yeah, I, I want your storyboards. And, oh, yeah, and, you know, signing pictures and stuff. Wow, that's so, crazy. Yeah. So there's that's, still quite a following, huh? Yeah, it's amazing. And it's, right now, I get an awful lot of requests, and people have sent me stuff. Uh, and a guy brought me stuff from across the country to sign 200 things, you know, posters really? and stuff. Yeah, so it, I've been busy doing that. Um uh, in the meantime, uh, I I do sculptures. I'm a sculptor, you know. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So you're not working on any current movies or anything? Just doing uh, uh, well, art? I'm sort of uh, out of the business. Uh, for After I did Jaws 3, uh, and that was very difficult because it was uh, three-dimensioned and it had, we had to get, make new cameras and stuff. Uh, then I pursued different directing jobs and that got difficult. And then I went back to designing and uh, probably uh, turn of the century, uh, I sort of tapered off uh, and uh, problems, shows would come up. People would get, send me scripts. I would break them down and then they would run out of money. I got to tell you, Hollywood is, is incredible. Getting deals is so difficult. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. Man. Yeah. I mean, you have a good script and you, you send it out and, and try to get funding and, uh, you know, and, was, and the studios, uh, I, I don't know, unless you have a huge star to go with it. Yeah. You know, it's pretty hard. That really helps. That really helps. Yeah. Well, that's awesome, Joe. Well, I can't thank you enough for all the time, man. We got to, uh, check in with you down the road, see what's been happening. I think, uh, this 45th anniversary thing is a big deal, but I, I, people should get out there and check out your book. Where can they find your book? Uh, on Amazon. Amazon. Give us the title again. Okay, it's it's it looks like this. Joel's designing jaws. Designing jaws. That's a good size coffee table book, huh? Yeah. 
and it has. How long has that one been out? Uh, since the first of the year. I mean, it has stuff like this. You know, there's the the model I made. Yeah. And and there's you know how oh, we start. all the measurements and everything. Yeah, everything. It's got so much detail. Uh, so and all the storyboards, and you know, just it it goes on. So I think if you're interested in the movie, definitely got to check that out. Most books are about the writer, or generally the first of all the actors and the directors. Yeah, a few books are written about the cinematography or or the art direction. And uh, well, it's so, kind of like a magician giving away his secrets. Well, it, it's it's not secrets. It's it, it's it's how we start. We get a script. We break it down. How are we going to do this? Well, it's been forty five years, so it's probably okay to uh, let the rabbit out of the hat, huh? Right. And, and then again, uh, this is where you could buy my storyboards. www.joelvesmovieart.com. Joelvesmovieart.com. Check that out to get uh, some storyboards. Do you personalize them for people, or do you just have? Well, uh, I can, but uh, they they are all signed. Yeah. You know? Awesome. And uh, there, there's photographs uh, of me with the shark and where's the shark like now? That. So it, uh, I've got to tell you. Let's see. Is there anything here? Well, basically, th that's it. Uh, where's the uh, Where's the shark now, Joe? Pardon? Where's the sharks now? You said there was three uh, of them. No, here I'll tell you something. You got a minute? Yeah. See that shark? Yeah. Okay, that one, that's Roy Arbogast. He, was, he did all the skin. That's called the Junkyard Shark. And uh, that was when the studio, when we finished the movie, the uh, Universal Tours didn't have anything for the Jaws. And they sold the boat. They didn't figure that nobody's going to see this movie. Then the movie became a big success. So they took and made a, a fiberglass, shark from the same mold and that hung up there for uh quite some time until they got the actual shark movie thing and then somebody it disappeared and it ended up at this car salvage yard and it was on this pedestal there for many years and a guy from uh npr called me and he said uh Coming out, I want to verify, verify about this shark. So he, he came out, and that's that picture with Roy and I verified that that was made from the original mold. Okay, a couple of years later, the Motion Picture Museum, they're building a new museum, and the lady was representing there said, we'd like to buy that shark and get it fixed up. So I said, okay. I said, the person to do it is Red Nicotero, because he's got a factory. He makes The Walking Dead. So here's uh, here's Greg and here's the shark being redone. It's in the book here. There's so you Greg. just made another one? It's the same one. Oh, it's the same he just cleaned it up. Shark that was made from the from the mold. So it's it's not the one we used in the movie, but it was made from the same mold. Sure. So it's exactly the right size. So he's redone all that. And he's an expert to do it. And that's going to be, we went to the museum. It used to be an old May company on Wilshire Boulevard. And they're going to hang the shark there. Nice. So it doesn't go away. So I've been working with them. 
uh, and Greg to make sure that the paint was right and the texture was right. And so he finished that. And uh, so that's the latest thing with Man. the shark. So it's, it still lives. It's going to be in the museum. Probably when they open, probably next year or something. Like How that. exciting, man! That's so cool that uh, it's still uh, still hanging around. And, and the fact that it, we had that, it was available, and or we had a guy like Greg, uh, who, as I said, did wrote the foreword, so he's very interested in sharks, and he has an incredible company that makes these monsters and everything. Yeah, you know, there's all the Walking Dead. So he was very excited to redo the shark. Oh, I'm sure. And he, did a perfect job. That's so, awesome. That's so that's cool. Bad. Next time I get that, well, once they open it, I want to go check it out. There's probably a lot oh, of really yeah. cool stuff yeah. in there. That's awesome. Well, Joe, thank you so much for the time, man. We got to uh, we got to wrap this up and uh, get uh, get all the people we can to head over and uh, take a look at your book and and uh, check out uh, Joe Elves. Is it MovieArt.com? JoeLvesMovieArt.com. Very cool. Well, thank you, sir. And we will uh, we will check in with you down the road and see how things are going. Okay. It was nice. Nice talking to you. Sorry about the delay. No, no worries, man. It happens to everybody. Even though Zoom is the new thing, everybody struggles with it at times. Yeah, yeah. It's not as easy as they okay. want you to think it is. Absolutely. All yeah. right, my man. Thank you so much. You have a great day. Take care. All right. Bye now. Bye-bye. That's it. That's the end. That's a wrap. Read the shtick. That's a wrap for today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe and tell all your friends. If you'd like to reach out, you can use the studio line at 612-504-6500 or by email, the DK Project Podcast at gmail.com. And of course, there's always social media at the DK Project Podcast. Thanks for tuning in.